This sir as hell ain't the New Jersey Bruce Springsteen sang about today on Cinema Oblivion. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivia, your podcast for discussions on films that are unremembered, forgotten, misplaced, out of date, or, you know, whatever. I'm your host, once again, James Eldred, and who do I got back for another episode today? Hey, this is Madeline Kessner of the Unnamed Footage Festival. Woohoo, yay, thanks for coming <laughs> back. It's been a, been a while. You were on, I think, my second episode uh, for Sorcerer. Well, Which, I, yeah. yeah, that was a good one. I've yeah. so, told so many people to watch Sorcerer since since like we we watched it. I just can't stop recommending it. It's like such a masterpiece. So thank you for having me back. Like, well, thanks for coming back. That was my, yeah. That's my stepmom's favorite episode. So you are <laughs> um, in in high regard in in the greater Eldred family. So congratulations. I'm a celebrity uh, now. Yeah, my stepmom likes weird movies. I guess I don't know. <laughs> but but speaking of weird movies. Today, we are talking about Running Scared, not the 1986 Billy Crystal, Gregory Hines movie, although that is very good. We are talking about the 2006 Paul Walker film, which, before we even get going, this movie is very dark and not in ways you might expect from a grimy-looking Paul Walker action movie from the 2000s. It is all the content warnings. Right? Any, yeah, am I missing anything? Like it's like every single trigger warning that you could list out. Like just go ahead and, and make the assumption that this movie features that. <laughs> yeah. Go go to the go to the IMDB page, click on the keywords, and which are always fun. And um, you know, go from there. And also, we're probably gonna get kind of spoilery in this. So if you haven't seen the movie, you should probably see it. It's really good. <laughs> and it's on Amazon Prime for like three bucks. So go nuts, right? It's, I mean, it's before, on Tubi yeah. also. For Tubi, free. oh yeah. yay! I always, I always forget about Tubi. <laughs> it, that's fair. I mean, most <laughs> of what Tubi, Tubi has like horror movies that aren't on IMDb on it. Like that's <laughs> the real dregs of cinema. <laughs> I watched when I was in America. I have a VPN here in Tokyo, so I can watch Tubi. But when I was in America, we watched Tubi, and we I watched Troll One, which is yeah. a, good, a good movie. That's that, that's a good movie, <laughs> the best Harry Potter film, and because the main character is named Harry Potter, and I watched the the, the first Jean Claude Van Damme twin movie, Double Impact, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what that one's called. Yeah, Double Impact. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's a good service. But anyway, this movie, not those movies. <laughs> this, like I said, this came out in '06, and nobody saw it. I'm pretty sure. Did Did you see this movie when it came out? I did not see it until it was released on video. I remember the trailers for it and being interested in watching it, but also thinking that the trailers were a little too explicit. Like it felt like I knew too much about the movie from the trailer. Mm. But yeah, no, it, it 
it bombed. Uh, the reviews Ooh, were yeah. miserable and yeah. no one saw it. And then it, it sort of found an, a new life on home video. And that would have been around the time that I watched it. And honestly, I was blown away by it. Yeah. yeah it's a really unique movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to see it in theaters and I couldn't because it was gone so fast. Like it, it mm-hmm. came and went like, like lightning. And because I, I like Fast and Furious and I like Paul Walker back then. And I don't know when I saw it. I might have saw it when I was working for a DVD rental, a DVD website and I was reviewing movies. I feel like this is when I reviewed, but mm-hmm. I don't remember. But I remember loving it and being really bummed out that it didn't do any well. I was always bummed out when the guys from Fast and Furious, him and Vin Diesel, like the non-Fast and Furious careers were kind of dead. Yeah. Like, I think Vin did better than Paul. But as a whole, I mean, did... Paul doesn't do anything anymore. Well, you know, well, <laughs> rest in peace. But... You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That yeah. like outside of the franchise, like yeah. Vin Diesel was still like doing a lot of big movies. And and Paul Walker, I, I mean, I also think that he may have had like more interesting, like leaning taste. But but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he was really well, the star of Fast and the Furious. Well, well, I mean, the worst Fast and Furious is the one without Vin Diesel. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, two, two is a bad movie. You know, that's, that's yeah, the only. I don't, fa- I don't even know. I I've seen most of them. I tried so hard with that franchise. Like, I wanted to like it so badly, and I just I couldn't. Like, and I love big dumb action movies, but this was just like way you, too much family. Have I, you seen <laughs> Have you seen Part Five? I've seen five. Okay. If you didn't and, like and five, you're not going to like the rest. Because five is... I didn't really like five. I, I, and I think it was either five or six where Vin Diesel just murders so many people with a car. But, like, you don't see it. You just okay know that, that, like, the action he took caused the deaths of, like, so many people. And I'm like, what is happening? Well, you know, it's... it. it you gotta... I, I see your point. I love those movies. And I loved them when they came out. And I'm not really, like, a heartthrob type like dude like in terms of like you know how you doing regular mm-hmm. handsome movie star man like i don't care but paul walker for some reason i was like how you doing handsome movie he star man gorgeous he was, he was so pretty he was so pretty oh and, and he's so young he's so he looks so young and running scared also like the first yeah. time he came on screen i was like oh like <laughs> Yeah, but you you wanted to pick this did because of the director mostly. Why why did you want to talk about this movie? I mean, one because it's I think it's a cult movie that isn't being talked about that much right now. Mm-hmm. So like from your list, um, it stood out to me as like one being from two thousand six mm-hmm. and two being so 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 dark and kind of living in the same world as like. I mean, everybody's going to try to compare it to Tarantino, um, but I, I know even Kramer has been like, he Tarantino wasn't my inspiration. <laughs> I have the same inspirations as Tarantino, which like makes a lot of sense because all Tarantino does is riff on other filmmakers. Um, so it kind of, you know, it tracks that like he would wind up creating something that had a similar structure to Pulp Fiction, but tonally it is it is not like pulp fiction yeah it, it's it's very transgressive it's very mean not I, funny yeah it's not funny at all no like, i i wanna um my friend and i when we we spoke about this movie like when we first met and we bonded over like coining a genre for it which is dark urban fantasy <laughs> that's a good one that i 
That checks out. Yeah. Yeah, because it is a a kind of like evil fantasy world. Um, I, I don't think you don't run into that many horrible things that quickly in real life. Like, you know, they exist, but you really got to condense them to get to the level that running scared is at. <laughs> I mean, when I was living in Toledo, yeah, I mean, I was living in a slum behind a liquor store that was just called Ice Cold Beer because they had a bright neon sign that said Ice Cold Beer. They sold the roses in the crack vials. Yeah, in the, in the store, the drug dealers would hang out there. There's a guy around the corner who had an albino python. Oh, yeah, cool. who <laughs> seemed scarier than his python. My roommate was one of my roommates was a cross dressing not, and I mean cross dressing, not trans. No, he was a cross dressing, uh, like Adderall head. <laughs> and my other roommate was a drug dealer, and my upstairs neighbor was an abusive dad. So you know, I. Not that, not not scary. Like you, the kid was not there. There's no no yeah. no kids are being harmed when I was there. Mm-hmm. There was a backstory. I'm just saying. Yeah, I so mean, like, but you're you also know, missing the hockey players yeah. and the explosions and yeah. The, when uh, I got yeah, the pedophiles, serial the pedophile, murderers, the pedophile like. serial murderers. Yeah, I guess as far as I know, I mean, I didn't talk to all my neighbors, but yeah, the Toledo is Toledo is the arson capital of America. So. Yeah, there is that. But anyway, yeah, it's a. It's, this movie is set in New Jersey, which in New, I think is hilarious. Set in New Jersey, filmed predominantly in Prague. Yes, it did not look much like New Jersey, especially like when they went to Hoboken, um, which yeah. is like and, and a lot of Hoboken is a very like um, young, rich, white neighborhood right yeah, now. Yeah. So. It, the movie, when when you watch it, knowing it was filmed in Europe, you can tell mm-hmm. more because there's a lot of close-ups. There's a lot of medium shots in dark streets with a shallow focus. Oh yeah, to really hide the setting. It doesn't. I don't think it's that distracting, mm-hmm. but it is. It's just kind of funny when when you think about it. Yeah, and instead you wind up with and like I also think that this is is a genre, um, New Jersey as hell. like movies that are set in new jersey but treat new jersey as like like a a form of hell um any other ones uh nothing but trouble the dan Aykroyd. i've never seen that and i it's one of the most perverted movies that has ever been made dan is an absolute pervert and everything about that movie is disgusting yeah people uh, people who like that movie like it and but both of them are strange people like not I, many, yeah, yeah, both of them, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd and uh, somebody else, <laughs> and 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 Aykroyd. Um, yeah. Yes, that's, those Aykroyd. are the only two. Yes, but this is this it's one. A Twitter account. I don't know. And Aykroyd. <laughs> yes, that's my new. That's my new stage name. This is by and Aykroyd. My new vaporwave account. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is by Wayne Kramer, not the yes. Wayne Kramer from MC Five. Although no. <laughs> he did have dinner with him once, and he said he was quite nice. So that's very funny. Did they have dinner just because they have the same name, or he was said it his like his wife set it up? So I don't know what happened there. Because like Wayne Kramer, that's the guitar player from MC5, right? I think mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, the guitar player. Yeah, and MC5 is a good band. Listen to the first album. This Wayne Kramer, not that Wayne Kramer. He was born in South Africa. He it was a big film geek growing up, and he's a writer director. You know what other movies has he done that that you have seen? 
well, the cooler, which I would love to revisit. I was hoping I could revisit it before we we started speaking, but I was short on time because the cooler also has a real cult following. I've never he, seen the cooler. Oh, I have not seen it since it had just like first come out. Okay. Um, yeah, it's William H Macy. It's he's a uh, the the whole plot is that he's extremely unlucky and he hangs out in casinos to make people lose. Like he's hired <laughs> to do it. Wow. And and it's got. Um, Monica Bellucci in it. Um, it it's it's kind of sexy. Uh, I remember it being great. Like I actually think I saw it in theaters, and uh, I, I'd love to revisit it, but I didn't, so I can't say much else about it. <laughs> <laughs> and and he you you recently watched Mindhunters, which I Wayne, did. Wayne Kramer is credited as the writer on that, but he said that is barely his movie. Yeah, which I I can I could see from having seen other films that he's written how it could be his plot but from from what i i recall like almost all of his dialogue was taken out like it was just totally like rewritten um but mindhunters is a real wacky one uh, yeah, that, that has a crazy cast that has ll cool j and yep. uh, Kristen slater and val kilmer Yes, and, and isn't Johnny just- Lee Miller and um, Clifton Collins Jr. It's it's like it's it's a bizarrely stacked cast. It is it's it's Freddie Harlan, right? Yeah, he directed it. He directed it. Yeah, yeah and it has that energy, like <laughs> okay. like it's almost a kung fu movie in its energy, um, and it's just so stupid. Like it's a group <laughs> of. Um, you're FBI, selling it. You're selling it. Yeah. I mean, I can't, that's it's it's the honest. It's like it's a so bad it's good movie for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, like you will laugh your ass off watching it, but you would never call it good. Uh, <laughs> okay, you're selling me it's more now. Okay, a group of FBI profilers in training get sent to a island to do a special like fake serial killer training session like they're on an island and they have to solve a fake murder by a serial killer called like the puzzler or something (laughs) (laughs) and of course then they start actually dying and it turns out there's a real serial killer but like that premise already like from the get-go is absurd yeah like who constructed this island like Any any movie that starts with everyone's trapped on an island yeah. is going for a vibe, and I feel unless you're Enter the Dragon or April Fool's Day, you're probably in trouble. Those are good <laughs> movies, but yes, they are. <laughs> yes, yes, they, yes the, the original April Fool's Day. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of like puzzle sequences that that for me is very fun. Okay, um, like doing puzzles with like numbers and like unlocking things and and like my brain is like tickled by that kind of stuff um because like it has this death game element to it like if you don't solve the puzzle you'll die okay all but right but it's it is also just like a really dumb action movie with a ridiculous premise also quite gory um okay i first heard of Mindhunters in fangoria magazine um oh wow they, they had like a feature on it when it was supposed to be released back in 2002 yes it was uh, filmed in 02 but did not come out in america in 05 always mm-hmm. always a good sign always they sign of a, a quality product it was supposed to go to theaters and and there were trailers and everything and like they did magazine features on it and they just pulled it for held it for three years and then dumped it yeah yeah so like i spent those three years 
talking about mind hunters <laughs> like i <laughs> i was obsessed with this movie because i couldn't see it <laughs> yeah yeah i i will have to check it out you know wayne, wayne kramer i think he seems like an interesting guy he made a movie like everyone says the cooler is, is his first film he says the cooler is his first film it is not he made a movie called blazeland in 1992 so he was 27 okay. he was 27 and or 28 and it's all i can i found an imdb and the clip on youtube you, this movie mm-hmm. you cannot find these oh, synopsis. wow is it like low budget horror yeah well yeah listen okay a horror movie about a zombie rock star who lures a metal band to his house so he can kill them and steal the singer's vocal cords that sounds amazing it, there's a clip on YouTube, and I couldn't watch it with sound because I have new computer. Don't it's a long thing, and um, <laughs> it looked like it was shot on video. It, it was a very bad transfer, so maybe that could be what it was. But it looked mm-hmm. like it was shot on video, and I imagine that's a movie that if Wayne Kramer could find it and destroy it, he probably would. Um, <laughs> but he he hasn't done a ton of movies since this. He did a, a Harrison Ford movie you've never heard of called Crossing Over which was about yeah. like, immigration and stuff. And mm-hmm. he says that got butchered by the wine, by, uh, by the wine scene company. So mm-hmm. yeah, which I believe they, they would just like destroy movies that were interesting to make them as mainstream as possible for yeah. a while. So, yeah. And I feel really bad for anybody who had a movie. I mean, obviously in the list of victims of wine scene, this is low on the list, but a lot of I've heard stories of filmmakers who have their films owned by the Weinsteins and they just can't get them released now. Like mm-hmm. like Dogma. Harvey Weinstein owns Dogma. Oh, yeah, because that's a Magnolia film. Yeah, well, because Disney wouldn't release it. So Harvey yeah. Weinstein bought it. So mm-hmm. that's why you can't find Dogma because no one wants to pay Harvey Weinstein. And and, and Kevin Smith understands that he like he's like, he goes, I saw a really, really good thing about him talking about it. And he was like it. He, he says it's not the worst thing about the situation. He understands that too. But, yeah. you know, there are some wine scene films you can't see. And like I'm, Wayne Kramer says he would like to have a director's cut of Crossing Over. That's, that's, that's never going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. Gonna happen. Unless, gonna unless he, Paul Schrader's it and just like does it on his own. If he has any of the, like if he has any copy of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe he has a, a master somewhere. Who knows? It is, it is late enough that he could have a, a digital copy somewhere. It's not like mm-hmm. on tape. Um, yeah. Then it could just be like at the College of Berkeley or wherever it is that Paul Schrader put his cut of, of uh, what is it? Dog Eat Dog. I don't know anything about Paul Schrader. Paul, oh my god, I, love I know Paul who Schrader. he is. I, I, I know. I, I have seen. I've seen Rolling Personally, Thunder. Personally, maybe not, but his films, I love them. I own Rolling Thunder, so yeah. yeah, good stuff. But after that, he's made one movie. He made a movie called Pawn Shop Chronicles, which totally yes. not inspired by Pawn Stars. I, I think it was inspired by Pawn Stars. It looks bad. I haven't seen it. I Did have seen it oh. maybe five or six times oh my so so uh, the most uh, recent we have one our, being we have, uh, we have a resident pa- yeah. uh, pawn shop chron- <laughs> we have the pawn shop chronicles expert please go ahead i mean the most recent time was today <laughs> <laughs> fuck me okay is this why i had to push it back is this why we couldn't record yesterday you had to watch pawn shop chronicles again no, but <laughs> it gave me the chance to watch Pawn Shop no, Chronicles please, again. Please, on Pawn Shop Chronicles. I'm very curious. Okay. So the sto- well, let me tell you the story of how I saw it. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> so 
in New York City in Times Square is the AMC Empire, which is a 25 screen AMC. It is like many stories. It's just this massive movie theater. But when you have 25 screens, yeah, they wind up showing a lot of movies that no other theaters are showing. And so back when I was on Movie Pass, um, which like I was a beta member of, of Movie Pass, I was on Movie Pass till it died. Um, <laughs> I would go see whatever the weird title that I had never heard of was. And often it was like, oh, it was a Spanish ghost film or like a lot of Chinese movies or whatever. But one day I show up and there's a film called Pawn Shop Chronicles. I have no idea what it is. The poster looks like maybe it's an action movie. And I'm like, that's the one. So I sit down in the theater and the opening credits start and the cast starts coming up on screen. Yes. And my jaw drops. Can I can I read the cast? Can I please do? It's stacked. Brendan Fraser, Elijah Ward, Vincent D'Onofrio, Thomas Jane, Lucas Haas, Norman Reedus, Matt Dillon, Paul Walker, DJ Qualls, <laughs> and Ashley Simpson? Mm-hmm. Somebody it's called in favors. Wild. Somebody called in favors. I, yeah. I, I think the story is it was Paul Walker found the script and thought and really wanted to do it and brought it to Wayne Kramer. So I imagine it was Paul Walker who, who like got all those people on board. Yeah, because this, this is 2013, so this is after the Fast and Furious revival. And yeah. so Paul Walker has money probably has money to burn. And at that point, I'm sure he if he's doing a non-Fast and Furious film, it's it's for fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. and the movie is like I, it's, it's better than it should be. Okay, it's sort of ridiculous. Like it's a, it's an absurdist film. Um, God, what it makes me think of actually, like the movie I want to compare it to is like the the film adaptation of of Kurt Vonnegut's Breakfast of Champions, which like okay, then. not a great movie, but like has a a kind of similar structure to it. Huh. I I like I like Thomas Jane a lot. Because he's barely in it. I, I oh, think well. he's I like the Punisher. Like a I'm, a big, I'm, yeah. a big, I'm a big I'm a pre Blue Lives Matter Punisher fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not political for me. And I mean any any Blue Lives Matter person who likes the Punisher really needs to read the Punisher. I, yeah, totally, totally. You, know, you know who you know who the Punisher You know who the Punisher loves to kill? Dirty fucking cops. cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And but like, you know, Lucas Haas and, and Matt Dillon, he's pretty, but like Yeah. You know, Ashley Simpson. That's just, and the the poster looks makes it look terrible. And yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think anyone knew what to do with this movie, and, and it, it also it 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 is a comedy with the same energy as Running Scared. Um, hmm. so it's like very irreverent, um, a little bit transgressive, but mostly just like absurdist and weird. The movie is three stories. Actually, the other thing you could compare it to is Sin City. Um, oh, <laughs> in a way, oh dear. especially because Elijah Wood is also playing like just the most um, vile character. Like it's one of the most disgusting characters that Elijah Wood has ever played on screen. Um, And has a very brutal um, torture scene with Matt Dillon. Well (laughs) then maybe I'll pass on this one. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It might not be for you. (laughs) It is interesting. Uh, His, his Wikipedia page has two movies that from what I can tell do not exist. Mm -hmm. It has caught stealing, which 
the reference for that is a review of Roger Ebert's four room, Roger Ebert's review of Four Rooms from 1995. So that's a is mistake. Is it maybe his segment from Four Rooms? No, because he wasn't making movies then. That's 1995. Oh. This, this is from 20. 20- oh, he's a child. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's like he would be tweet. He would be an adult, but not by much. But like this is and this is 2013. This is 2013, and it's yeah. his director and another movie called Extasia, which. Mm-hmm. Also, never got made. So yeah. someone needs to edit that Wikipedia page. He has not made a movie since Pawn Shop Chronicles. He's tried. No, yes, he's he, he's not. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to make. He wanted to make a movie about an election in hell with Thomas Jane. I don't know. <laughs> Which, and another, that, that would be wild. <laughs> and one about poachers, kind of like a revenge movie where a bunch of poachers get killed. Yeah. That'd be cool. Another thing with Chaz Palmentary. He's a big. He's a friend. He's friends of Chaz Palmentary, which sounds mm-hmm. like fun. And he was supposed to direct Bullet to the Head. And was quit the project because his vision did not match Stallone's. Have you seen Bullet, Bullet to the Head? I have not. It's Walter Hill. And, you know, I did a whole episode on Streets of Fire. And we have gone 20 some, almost almost half an hour before I mentioned Streets of Fire. as a record for this podcast. And <laughs> um, I will watch most Walter Hill films. It's better than some of his worst ones, but it's it has a lot of problems. It's yeah. very it's stupid. Kristen Slater's great in it. <laughs> <laughs> he's always he's, great though. He's good in it. And it has a and it has Jason Momoa with his shirt off. So hey, you know. Um hey, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, and the axe fight. It does the it the the most Walter Hill thing in a movie is that it ends with a fucking axe fight. Like not a gunfight, not a knife fight, an axe fight, and that See, that scene, I want to watch. Yeah, like- <laughs> that's pretty good. It's short; it's ninety minutes, so it's a you know it is what it is. But anyway, yeah, yeah I, I who knows? I gotta Wayne give Clay- you a little more on Punch Up Chronicles, though. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Kind of, I cut I've you off. like buried the lead, honestly. Oh, okay. Please go ahead. So right, it's split into three like mini stories, and the first one is um, like skinhead junkies trying to rob a meth lab. Paul Walker is one of the junkies. It's entertaining, but like, it's a bit much. It's very edgy. Then the second one is Matt Dillon trying to save his wife from Elijah Wood, who's a a very like depraved person. And then the third one is Brendan Fraser as a Elvis impersonator. Um, Hmm. And honestly, I kind of wish that was the whole movie. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. (laughs) But he's very good in it very funny i mean he's a he's a a, an elvis impersonator who is touring and is just very bad at it so he's an elvis impersonator yeah (laughs) um you know the when we talk about running scare we're going to talk about some pretty reprehensible characters is Mm -hmm. eliza Ward's character worse than that he's on the level i think same level wow Mm -hmm. okay then yeah. Well, I can only take so much of that content in my life, so maybe mm-hmm. I've I've just seen Running Scared. Maybe I'll wait a few months. Yeah, I think you could you could you could skip it even. Yeah. I uh, I I find the movie very entertaining and easy to watch, and I think that's why I've seen it so many times. Uh, because like one, it was a big surprise the first time I watched it, and so like I kind of have like a bond with it from that. Okay. Okay. Um, but then I've like it's easy to throw on and i i really like wayne kramer's style um like the way that that his movies are shot and put together it like really i i I don't know and you see it even more in running scared like running scared is the better like example of his kind of like kinetic gritty yeah like almost cartoony action style but but 
you be just, let's be honest. You're just a huge DJ Qualls fan, and you'll see anything. You, you got yeah. it. You actually yeah. you figured me out when I was in in uh, <laughs> like my freshman year of high school. The new guy came out. I saw it in oh, theaters. On <laughs> <laughs> that movie's come up on this podcast in two weeks. What the fuck? Wait, are you kidding? Are you for <laughs> real right now? We were talking about uh, the last Dragon, <laughs> and Shonuff is in that movie. Yeah, Shonuff, the actor who plays Shonuff in Last Dragon, has a really small part in the new guy. Oh, that's um, so funny. So, yeah, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> nope, not many other people of note really worked on this film. It has like 18 million producers. This is always a bad sign. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Brett Ratner is a producer on this. Let's not talk about him. Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, he probably just gave some, like, you know, that's producing credits are weird. I could see it, it being his sort of like dickhead sense of humor, uh, <laughs> yeah. like the edginess of it. But like also yeah. he doesn't you don't see you do not see him in the movie. You don't see any 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 no. sign of Brett Ratner in this film. The music's no. by Mark Isham and I like Mark Isham. Uh, yeah. He did the music for The Hitcher eons yeah. ago and like a bajillion other movies. So like uh, that's probably the only other person of real note behind the scenes. The screenwriter. It's like I think it's the only film that Wayne Kramer has directed that he did not also write. Oh, and he the wrote sc- this movie. Wait, Pawn Shop Chronicles? He did oh, not. No, oh, I'm talking. Oh, I'm sorry. You're I was back on talk- Running Scared. I was back on Running Scared. I apologize Wait, did again. Brett Ratner also produce Running Scared? Oh yes, he did. What the hell? What is oh, he? No. Are they friends? Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. We, did we just cancel Wayne Kramer? Um, no. No. You know, Brett Ratner. Okay, he he. Brett, Brett Ratner did bad things, right? Yes. Like not just bad movies, but bad things. Okay. Yeah. So like, yeah. I'm not going to defend Brett Ratner as a person. I know he's he's a he's a he's a he's a bad person. You mm-hmm. know, I never got the when it when it came to his films. I never understood the backlash because they were fine. Like, yeah, they, they were just sort of like dumb broy, like yeah, he mainstream did, he did, comedies. Yeah, he did Rush Hour. Rush Hour was a fun movie. Like it's not actually, great. yeah, Rush Rush Hour is pretty good. It's no, fun, I, I I really like Rush Hour. And and I liked I liked I liked that X Men movie. Like I mm-hmm. I didn't think it was the best thing in the world, but it was mm-hmm. fine. And you know, Red Dragon, whatever. But like, yeah, he 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 did bad things. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah, let's not talk about Brett Ratner. But yeah, they must be friends. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. That's sad. We've already talked about Paul Walker in this, and I think, you know, rest in peace, Paul Walker. And I think a lot of people obviously know him from Fast and Furious, but I I do feel like his career kind of pre-Fast and Furious and before the Fast and the Furious, the the relaunching, I feel is kind of interesting because he was a child actor. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. He was in Meet the Deedles, and he was in Tammy and the T-Rex. Do you know what Although, that is? I, I do. I, I oh, hosted yeah. a screening of that in San Francisco. <laughs> of course Francisco. you did. Of course you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's he's not really a, a child in that. He's like a hunky teen by then. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, but he also is the T-Rex in the movie. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never seen that. So. Oh, you, you must. It's Okay. 
it's a it's it's a gem. It's a real okay. gem. It's okay. a confused movie because like it it looks and and seems like it should be for children, but then it it is not for kids. It is an That's adult film. Like, I mean, yeah. Vinegar Syndrome put it out on Blu-ray, so I know it's not for kids. Like, yes, that's, a, that's the yeah. biggest scare. When mm-hmm. I was a kid, the movie Monster in the Closet scared me. Um, I had I I don't think I've seen the whole thing ever, but the the box at the video mm-hmm. store scared me. So <laughs> I don't know anything about the movie other than the box scared me. <laughs> and. <laughs> He was in an episode of Who's the Boss? He was in an episode of Charles in Charge. He was in Young and the Restless. Like, like he was a you know, kid actor. And yeah. then he was yeah. he was running around L.A. auditioning and getting parts. And then he had those two like Varsity Blues and She's All That in the same mm-hmm. year. And I've never seen either of those films because those are like the opposite of the films I watch. Yeah, um, I've seen She's All That because I was like a teen girl when, when those movies were coming out so that is that the one where the girl that takes off her glasses and becomes hot uh yes i believe so <laughs> she's like a painter who's clearly already hot <laughs> and isn't that why we have the song kiss me that is that like, was that for me. the soundtrack yes it's in the trailer i, I believe um, you it's a good uh, song <laughs> disagree hard disagree um <laughs> yeah but then then fast and furious two fast and furious even he doesn't do fast and furious three he does a movie by chaz palmentary called Knoll that i've never heard of yeah and me then, neither and then into the blue the surfer movie that he looks very pretty in that i haven't he seen does. But i've seen looks, that movie he looks, he looks great in it oh man yes oh yeah and then the same day this movie came out the same day eight below came out and I have no memory of that movie, but it made like $200 million. Oh, that is a, it's a Disney dog sledding movie. Yes, it is the Disney dog sledding movie. And, and it, he's also the lead in that? He's the lead in that. It came out the same day and it made um, uh, $120 million box office. Yeah, which sounds like it probably did a lot better than Running Scared is my guess. Well, yeah, well, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, but yeah, it made it made a ton of money. Um, yeah, and I've never heard of it. You know, I think it's not, again, not in my wheelhouse, you know, and, mm-hmm. but then after that, back to Fast and Furious, and the rest is Fast and Furious, you know, <laughs> and a few other car movies, like he's in something called Vehicle 19 that he produced, and, and like, whenever you look at a picture of a Paul Walker film that you haven't heard of, they put a car on it, like, on the cover, you know, just to... Yep. Just so that you know, yeah. <laughs> but, oh yeah, I forgot he was in he was in Joyride, yeah. The other the other other Paul Walker car movie, and he was in the Skulls. <laughs> right before he went back to Fast and Furious, he was in the Skulls, which is like the fake Skull and Crossbones. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, I remember that with uh, Joshua Jackson, mm-hmm. yeah, and Rob by, by by Rob fucking Cohen, yeah, which is supposed to be terrible. I I haven't seen that either, but he's he's amazing in this movie. Yeah, just like. So far removed from what you know him if you only see Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it, it honestly, it's it's like a crazy over-the-top action movie, but it gives him an opportunity to act. Like, it, it does not... It, the movie is not trying to make him, like, a cool guy who can do everything. Mm-hmm. He's sort of a mess in it, and he's fuck up. Yeah. very passionate. Yeah, which I, I love it for him. Like, it, it's such a great role. Yeah, what what accent is he trying to do? 
New Jersey. <laughs> oh, okay. I, 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 they're all trying to sound like they're from New Jersey, and actually, they they, they kind of nail it. The New Jersey accent is is weird. Okay, so. I, I, I don't know enough New Jerseyans, so you know, they, they don't sound like the guys from Clerks. So I don't, I don't. That's my, that's my, that's my reference point for all of New Jersey is Clerks. So yeah. I, I got nothing there. But yeah, he, he, he said that he, he's not a method guy, but this movie put him in a, such a such a bad headspace. His girlfriend left the set when he was filming it. Oh wow! She was like, "I'm gonna go back home, and I'll see you in a few weeks." Um, yeah. So, because it was a very intense role, it's a very intense movie. So yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's all over it. Not many. I think what's her name from The Departed? Uh, Teresa Gazelle. I think she's probably the only other really like her and Chaz Palminteri. Or mm-hmm. no, no, Teresa's character, Vera. Vera. I cannot uh, say her. It's Vera. It's Vera. Vera. For for me for Misha for yeah, not 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 for Magia could, yeah we could just call her Vera I think yeah Vera we, Vera Norm, Norm, Norm's, Norm's wife Norm's, sure. Norm's Norm's wife from Cheers is in this movie no um <laughs> yeah Vera Famigia she was in The Departed and she was in Up in the Air and she directed and starred in a movie called Higher Ground she's in the mm-hmm. Conjuring movies yes she's she's, in, she's one of the um the Warrens uh renowned con Con and woman, no, yes. con, they're, I she, mean, they were like total, um, like like they were conning everyone. Like, oh they, yes, they yes. were. But there's they a put, better word, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. They 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 put the con and conjuring. Yes, there we go. Like, oh, I like that. Thank you, thank you, writer. Um, she uh, she's one of those actresses that's in a lot of huge movies that I've never seen because like mm-hmm. I've never seen Up in the Air, I've never seen Orphan, I've never, I've still oh, haven't I've seen, seen the, I've seen all of those movies. I've never seen The Departed. Still. Orphan's really good. I know, and, I, and, and Orphan, I, you you would probably enjoy. It's very psychological. It's not um, super violent or anything. I don't mind um, the violence. It's it's mm-hmm. stuff like The Conjuring, which I know is corny and stupid, but like movies with bad things happen to someone in a Home Alone. Yeah, um, you know, you you have one home invasion in your life, and suddenly those aren't fun anymore. I mean, yeah. I tell you, yeah. yeah. But she is in the Go- Godzilla King of the Monsters movie, and yeah. that movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah, now uh, you got me. I haven't seen that. Ooh, well, I love the MonsterVerse movies. Um, mm-hmm. Godzilla vs Kong was my was was my shit. Yeah, uh, that was like synthwave Godzilla. It was rad as hell. It was like on <laughs> every. Oh god, that movie was so. I got, I was depressed, and drunk, and then so happy like watching that movie. So yeah, I recommend all the MonsterVerse Godzilla movies are good. She's really good in that. She kind of plays like a misguided, like you know, like the villain you sympathize with type character. She thinks she's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a cool character, kind of a throwback to some of the characters in the Japanese movies, to be honest. And like she's really good in that. Like most women in action films, I feel she doesn't doesn't have a lot to work with here, but she's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, she's her. She actually, you mean in Running Scared? And when, well, okay, she has the best scene in this movie, probably. Yeah, I was going to say she actually gets a lot to work with in this movie. Like she gets a whole side plot. <laughs> that is a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. yeah. Especially compared to the other women in this film, she does uh-huh. very good. You yeah, know, there's the neighbor and and a bunch of naked women and and prostitutes, pretty much. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is, is, is and and when you say there is are naked women, there are like it it is full frontal nudity for a whole sequence that like when it came on my screen, like when the it cut to the there's a strip club sequence and. Yes. It's just fully naked women, and I, I, I was shocked. Like, I, it is, I'm like, what is this rated? Like, it is fully naked. Yeah, I, it is. It is a, fully... a full nude strip club, and they shoot 
everything. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it didn't shock me that much because I've been watching a lot of Ken Russell films. But yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, it was like, wow, hey, that's a that yeah, hey, hello. Um, yeah, it, I, I guess I just forgot how like off the beaten path this movie is. Yeah, can I do are there full frontal clubs in New Jersey? <laughs> Probably it's New Jersey. <laughs> I lived in Pennsylvania as when I was at the age to go to a strip club. I didn't because you know, gay. But um, <laughs> Pittsburgh didn't have many, and Pennsylvania is very, very conservative in that mm-hmm. area. So yeah. they were just topless only. Yeah, Jersey's sort of all over the place. Parts of it are very conservative and and like have blue laws and all that, but other parts of New Jersey are, um, I mean, like are very like white trashy. <laughs> Yeah. There so. was a there was a strip club by my house in Toledo that was a, that had this said girls 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 fried chicken, and, and that was its thing. And my dad said, "Yeah, it's great. You can go in there, get a breast in one hand, a leg in the other." <laughs> my dad was a classy guy. <laughs> so, I think only other major actor in this is probably um, Taz, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who when I was watching it, he when he shows up, he's wearing a ski mask. Yeah, but you know what's him. And my 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 boyfriend spun around in his chair, and he's like, "I know that guy." <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, "Oh, he's in uh, he's in what pool hall junkies?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> what he's in Innocent Blood and Oscar, my two go to chat commentary <laughs> roles. I don't know why those are it. Also, he is a voice on on season one of Fraser because I'm watching Fraser right now, uh-huh. and he he is a, a newspaper reporter who hates Fraser and threatens threatens to beat him up and <laughs> yeah. it is it is funny to hear because then it's basically it's basically fat tony threatening to kill sideshow bob if you really think about it <laughs> i like uh, that quite a bit <laughs> yeah yeah but he he i feel he doesn't have a lot in this he's barely in this movie he, yeah he gets and, a couple good scenes where he gets to like really like you know chew the scenery but he's maybe in it for 5 minutes total yeah, and yeah. again, we're going to spoil a lot here. He's the stupidest corrupt cop in the fucking world. Seriously. Because, because like, yo, they could just kill you. And <laughs> hey, guess what they did? They just killed you. They blew it's him like, up. Like, that would have been my first thought. It's like, oh, this isn't money. This is a bomb. <laughs> but- <laughs> yeah, he... he- did not then and 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 i guess the his only function in the script is to id paul walker at the hospital right yeah so basically and that, once he does that he no longer has to exist in the film mm-hmm. and so they take care of that um yeah it, it is interesting his character is named rydell that he's named after the director of the cowboys of john wayne oh how cool i because, like that the yeah, john because, wayne stuff is is hysterical um oh yeah so like yeah why is why is why is cowboys an important an important in this movie? Is this an an emotional question or is this like well, a no, like set question? up set up this 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 is a bait maybe, but like okay. we haven't really set up the movie that much. We said Paul Walker plays like a, a low level thug yeah, for the okay. mob, there and we go. then yeah. what? So what? So he's a low level thug for the mob. He has to hide a gun in his house. Yes, what they happen, and then they and then kill happens, yeah. a dirty cop. Mm-hmm. And the you know the other mobsters he's working with, they're like hide this gun. So he goes and he hides the gun and his um, son and his son's best friend are hiding and they see him hiding the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, the The best friend of the son is next to our neighbor um, 
who has an abusive father who's in the Russian mob and yeah. a very sad mother and oh, yeah. is, and is obsessed with John Wayne. <laughs> like he's got he's a obsessed full... with the Cowboys, which is a terrible fucking movie. Yeah, but he's got like a full uh, back tattoo of John Wayne's like portrait. Oh, it's it's so bad. Well, yeah, at least you don't, at least if you if you have a back if you have a bad back tattoo, you never see it. Yeah, he doesn't have so to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah the but, kid takes a gun, and what happens? Yeah, kid takes a gun to to try to kill his father. And I mean, these are like, how old are the kids? Did you say eleven? Like, eleven? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So eleven year old tries to shoot his dad with the gun that killed a dirty cop, and the bullet goes to the wall into Paul Walker's house, where yes. they are like, "We're being shot at," and then he kind of pieces together everything that happened, and is like, "Oh shit." The kid has run away with this gun, and I need to get this gun before it falls into the hands of the police. Yeah, or yeah. I'm or I'm over. Yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a race against the clock movie in a way. Um, the yeah. clock just being like somebody getting that gun. Uh, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and from that point on, I think the movie, the intention of the movie is to kind of make it into a fairy tale. Yeah, in a really in a really messed up way. Before that, it's kind of a before that, it's kind of a weird crime movie, like a little, yeah. a little stylish. And then there's the sad domestic violence stuff. And also, mm-hmm. like we mentioned, the Cowboys because the 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 dad Anzor watches the scene where John Wayne gets killed in the Cowboys over and yep. over and over again, mm-hmm. hoping he'll get up. And <laughs> like, have you? I've already said, have you seen the Cowboys? I have not. I've never seen the Cowboys. As a John Wayne film, it's terrible. Yeah. Like most, so it's not even a good job. Oh, uh, I had we watched it in school. I don't remember why, but I, oh, because it's about cattle driving, and it, oh, it's bad. You get to see if you want to see Bruce Dern shoot John Wayne in the back, then you, you know that's that. I did. Uh, I, saw, I saw it in Running Scared. Oh, that's a good point. You're good. You're good. Yeah, but once once we get away from John Wayne, we get into like Grimm's fairy tales from hell, and yeah, like that's the the dark urban fantasy because it's like an urban setting. It's very very dark, but it it verges on being a fantasy film. Yeah, because like immediately he kind of meets a troll under a bridge. Yeah, like who's a meth head? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are the other um, like fairy tale analogs in the film? You think? Okay, let me think. Um, we'll save I the best know. one for last. Know. The worst <laughs> one for last. <laughs> I, I don't uh, know. <laughs> well, a lot of people see, view um, the, the the prostitute as the blue <laughs> fairy from Pinocchio. Okay, I I could see that. Or like, and, yeah, yeah, just some sort of like fairy character who's guiding him. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Lester the Pimp is the Mad Hatter. Okay. Oh my um, God, he's even got the right outfit for it. Yeah, he is a. That is a. That is the most realistic, outlandish pimp in a movie because he's, he's just a. He's just a, a pathetic piece of shit. Everything he says too is like eye roll. <laughs> oh God, he 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 thinks the tone of cool culture is 1989 Flavor Flav. Like he just. <laughs> He's terrible. Like the guy, yeah. I, I forgot the actor's name, but the character—he's very good as a character. But the yes, character yes. is just such a sniveling little shit. Mm-hmm. But then, like, so I feel the movie really has the energy of like Run, Run Lola, Run. That's yeah, what, yeah. I, I, the other movie that like I kind of was comparing it to in my head was Crank. Actually, mm. yeah, I think it's better than Crank. I mean, that's we we could we could go we could have another conversation on that. Crank, <laughs> but, crank, crank one is really good. Crank two, I think, 
goes too far and also has some intentional racism that's kind of gross. That I will agree with. Yeah, for yes, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, but Crank One, Crank One, I love Crank One. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that, that is that is a good movie. But I just think this one's better. Is my point. Yeah, and, yeah. But that that energy, that like you know the freneticness and like um, how close you are to yeah. the movement of the characters, like is similar to to Crank in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think. Yeah. That I think that plays into like the energy also like we when we said earlier it was shot in Prague and they had to hide it like mm-hmm. I feel that helps the movie sometimes because everything is so in your face yeah it's very tight every all these tight shots even even in a strip club you're like oh no. walkers following this kid around following him around falling around he finds him eventually and then he is uh, then the cop he the kid is trying to escape the cops that that's that's what happens the kid escapes the cops and then falls into the worst thing in the history of movies (laughs) yeah yeah i mean the other thing i was like thinking about when i was watching it in terms Mm -hmm. of it being sort of like um fairy tale structure Uh is it it kind of feels like you're walking through a haunted house yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that like every sequence is a room in a in a in a haunted house, and like you and this kid are going through this haunted house together, and like that is the peak of the haunted house. It basically. is. It, it is. A, it is the world's best creepypasta. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Because like up up and like the movie, as I feel, the movie has a very good structure, and that it starts as it starts with with a bad with a with a drug deal gone bad, which you've seen mm-hmm. a million times, you know, in movies. Although it's shot very stylish, yeah, and then it slowly becomes more and more twisted, and mm-hmm. you get to the the home abuse stuff, and that's twisted, and then you find out the cops are crooked, but in an even more crooked way, and then there's the stuff at the police station, and when Oleg, that that's the kid, tells his dad, "I'm sorry, I missed," <laughs> which is a great line, and then but then Oleg escapes, and he hides in a truck, and. Like, this is when, like, again, severe content warnings. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> the truck even... belongs to a, a pair of uh, what I interpret to be serial killing pedophiles. They are they, serial. There's a married yeah. couple who are serial killing pedophiles who make snuff films. Yes, that they basically are abducting children and um, I believe doing, uh, you know, sexual acts with them and then filming them murdering the children like it's yes, it's be- it's very it, 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 luckily like nothing too graphic is depicted in no you see nothing you seen and you that's don't why actually yeah. yeah but that's also part of why it's so awful is because it's kind of happening behind these like frosted playroom doors oh which yeah it's because- just the word it's so unsettling like that it's- framing yeah everything about it is disturbing and apparently yeah, Kramer, Wayne mm-hmm. Kramer wanted to get Kyle McLaughlin and Laura Dern for the pedophiles <laughs> <laughs> which that that would have like it would have been like basically 
turned into a really dark David Lynch movie for yeah, a hot that's, minute. That's, like, yeah. that's, that's some stunt casting. And apparently, apparently Kyle was all for it, but Laura Dern's like, no, no. Honestly, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and like, that Kyle his, doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and Laura Dern is respectful. <laughs> like, and and Ky, and and the quote from Wayne Kramer is nobody, and I mean nobody in Hollywood wants to play pedophiles. And yeah, I can yeah, see that. Yeah, and it was when they were filming the movie, they referred to them like in the script they gave the kids that says kidnappers, mm-hmm. and apparently the actor who plays Olg is like, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Like I I I understand what's supposed to be happening here, but it's it's. Uh, so I like dis- that kid, by the way. He's yeah, Kevin a, Bright's a good actor. Yeah, he's the he's the creep from Birth. That's like what yeah, I always think Birth. of him as. Yeah, he, he's he's apparently in the Twilight movies, so I don't know that. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he was in uh, a f- oh, Thank You for Smoking, which he's apparently very good in that too. Uh, yeah. he was a, a pretty good child actor and kind of. I don't know, you know, it's hard, for, it's hard for child actors. The other kid in the movie, also, if you go to his IMDb page under trivia, it's like, he's still listening. Like, oh, <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> that's just sad. Uh, yeah, but the back to this nightmare. So, like, there are two other kids in the, tr- in, the, in, the in the van with him. Like, they've mm-hmm. already kidnapped. Yes. And they just are almost like mannequins. They do nothing. Yeah. And because they're probably just so traumatized. And they go to this house, this apartment, and Oleg knows something is wrong. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And he fakes going to the bathroom and calls uh, the Paul Walker's wife's character for help. And yeah. the shadows. It's, yes, they, they, it's like almost like these kind of um, like evil witch or like Freddy Krueger shadow kind of coming up behind like the frosted wall of the of the bathroom. Yeah, with um, like North Watch like, two hands. It's exactly. It's like it's like puppet theater kind of. Um like Shadow Puppet Theater. Um it's done really well. It's like very menacing. It, mm-hmm. it it again like does not feel like grounded in reality in those moments, but like is almost like an emotional depiction of the thing that is happening outside of this room that he is hiding from. Yeah. And yeah. and the the way the two actors move, they're very un- inhuman. Yeah, yeah. They they seem soulless. Yeah, and yeah. every that was reading about it, like that whole scene. There are no dark corners. So there's no place to hide. Mm-hmm. Like every, there are no corners in the house. There are no shadows in the house. It's, it's very it, round, bright, sterile, kind of like yellow tinted room. And like there, there are when he goes in the bathroom, you can see a cutting instrument behind a, a like a glass cabinet. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's and there's the blood ba- on the floor. And the bathroom's one of those bathrooms yeah. that the whole thing has a drain in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah it's and so disturbing which, it's, but like it's because it it, it is implying um, oh. it is implying the things that are happening and this whole scene the whole sequence is is so interesting because it's it's like honestly a side plot like yeah, totally. it feels like yeah. another story being told within this story of just like what this kid is going through um yeah, yeah. Uh, well like uh, the the studio wanted to cut it uh, yeah they wanted to cut it in pre-production and post-production. And <laughs> Wayne Kramer was like, no, because it's important. Because, like, what do you, why do you think this, feel, this seems important? I mean, I guess it's important to Oleg's journey and his bonding with... with I'm trying to remember what the, their last name is in the movie. Like, Vera Gazelle. Walker. Gazelle. It's Gazelle, Gazelle with Miss Gazelle. Like, that's sort of their bonding moment. And also, he dies in it. 
and is yeah, well, re- reborn. Yeah, he's, he's died and brought back to life because mm-hmm. uh, Teresa, Teresa rescues him. Yeah, and, and it's sort of the moment at which he becomes her son, kind of. Yes, does that? Yeah. That's a good. That's an excellent point. And yeah, when she realizes what's happening, because. Oh, it's the pure evil. That's the the purpose. Yes, they are pure evil. Yeah. We haven't even, in my opinion, the most disturbing parts of that scene, I still haven't said. Mm -hmm. Like the thing about the floor and the, what she finds in the closet. Mm -hmm. And and I'm just going to, I don't even want to talk about it. And, and, but. It's very blatant what they're doing, basically. It's very blatant what they're doing. They show you enough that you know exactly what is happening. And she. She's sleeping with the enemy, those motherfuckers. She calls the cops first. <laughs> Says she heard gunshots, hangs up the phone, and kills them. And it rules. And, yeah. <laughs> That's like, have you ever seen Sleeping in the Enemy? No, I haven't. Sleeping with the Enemy? Sleeping with the Enemy, spoiler for that bad movie. <laughs> At the end of the movie, when her husband's trying to get her back, she calls the cops first and says, I just shot an intruder, hangs up the phone, and suits him in the head. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's the only good scene in that movie. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. But that's my go-to point. But yeah, like her that's her realization is that her husband is not evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not a bad he he's an idiot and a bad guy, but he's not evil. That's yeah. evil. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's yeah. a great scene when when she comes back with Oleg to to their house and like they're reunited with with Paul Walker who's been running all around the city trying to figure <laughs> this shit out. And, the title. Yeah, and they yeah, running scared. Um, <laughs> and and they have this conversation where where she tells him what happened, and he's like, "Why were you there? Why did you get involved? Why would you do that?" And she's like, "Listen to me. Those they were evil people. I've looked in your eyes. I looked in their eyes. Like you are not evil. I saw evil. <laughs> it's a yeah. it's a and like that's what I was saying. Like she actually gets a lot to work with." Like yeah, you're right. You're right. I was wrong. Yeah, earlier. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because like when you, we you describe the plot of the movie, it doesn't sound like she has much of a role. It's like oh, the the wife, the girlfriend. Um, but like it sneaks in a lot of 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 stuff for her, and and she gets to kind of develop that character in a really interesting way that also develops the characters around her. Yeah, it's yeah. not often that the women in, the, in these supporting roles have character arcs, but she yeah. totally does. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll credit to Wayne Kramer there. They he, when working within the confines of that idea, he he gave an interesting part to that character. Now the other, now Oleg's mom, who just kills herself for no goddamn reason. Yeah, like, I don't, that that part is just. It almost is like they can't justify why he's driving so fast. <laughs> like, so uh, let's give it. Let's give it. Let's give the audience something. Let's show the audience something. Like the hockey rink scene's amazing. It, I love that scene. It's so cool looking. Also, it's all like um, like what fluorescent light? Uh, what, what black light. Black, black light. light. Thank you. You knew what I was saying. I had stoner. <laughs> I had stoner roommates. So I know there black we go, yeah. yeah. It's all like black lights on a hockey rink. They're actually on ice, so everybody's sliding around. And then again, we've got this sort of like John Woo gun battle going on um on the ice, and like people are just being blown up. 
uh, it rules. <laughs> yeah, it rules. Yeah. Apparently, shooting shooting on ice is very hard. Shooting in black lights apparently is really hard. Oh, so this is like one of the most difficult sequences that's ever been. Um, it's a real yeah on film. Yeah, they had to Which cheat. Also, it with those- just like let me know, uh, movie shot in thirty five millimeter. It's so gritty and grainy. Like, yeah. what a delight to to watch that now when everything yeah, I- is like all digital and beautiful. Like just seeing how dirty the film is. Yeah, that was my tangent about, you know, how I love uh, celluloid. (laughs) No, you're right. You're right. You know, it it has a... I don't always like the color palette in this film. Mm -hmm. I I feel it's sometimes a little too desaturated, like almost like seven. Yeah, yeah. But especially early on. But as it progresses, I think the I think the tone of the film matches the palette as the movie goes. Yeah. Early on, like during during the early domestic life scenes, I, I feel like the dark palette is just too... It feels like my color balance is off, but mm-hmm. then once it gets real, I, I, it, it definitely fits. And that scene is so cool. But it, I think at that point, the story kind of falls apart because what's the big plot twist? <laughs> the big plot twist is he's been an FBI agent the whole time. And that comes in at the hour 40 mark in this two hour long film. <laughs> and and that he's been an undercover agent for 12 years. <laughs> years and his wife and his kid don't even know now no. i i i looked into this mm-hmm. i googled it does that does are, did you google like does this happen in real life because now i'm curious so i bet you probably know who the longest undercover case is what do you think it is i don't know shit you gotta tell me it's donnie Bra- it's, it's donnie brasco oh donnie yeah brasco. duh i've yeah, seen that yeah, movie yeah, donnie and that was it's johnny depp (laughs) no it's it's, yes johnny brasco that was six years Uh uh-huh um and if there are longer undercover what if there's undercover cases that are still going on but we don't know how long they are because they're still (laughs) undercover anyone could could be undercover man just you gotta look around (laughs) i I, I know my boyfriend's cagey but i didn't know he was working for youtube shut me down um no uh there were a few <laughs> cases I read of like people undercover having relationships and even having kids and not telling the women, mm-hmm. and like those women sued. Yeah, under good. I'm glad they yeah, sued. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like... I'm sure that's happened other places. And there, could, but I don't think this would ha- like. It's you, not realistic. What, what, yeah. what does that tell you about his wife? <laughs> Like, like I mean, I think that's why she was having that whole battle with like, is my husband evil? <laughs> and like, he's not evil, but yo, he did kill a bunch of dirty cops and tried I to mean, eat you out on the washing machine. Like, but that's like what later. I really got from that relationship is like they must be having great sex. Like, yeah. they are both gorgeous, and like the- they're getting ready to go while she's just trying to do laundry and cook sauce. Like, and when did he become a? His character is in his late twenties. When yeah. did he become an FBI agent when she didn't know? Oh my <laughs> like, god! Yeah, so many... he would have had to be like he would have been like seventeen. Yep, took yeah. the test at, at seventeen <laughs> like... and didn't tell anybody and went immediately undercover. There's a lot of questions yeah, that's a bit there. Much. <laughs> you don't don't think about it. I guess you know. Uh, I, think that, I think like maybe the um, the studio was like, you got to make it similar to Fast and the Furious. <laughs> so they were like, let's make well, him undercover. Maybe, <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe I mean he's the only screenwriter on this and he never complained about any rewrites so maybe yeah. he just no i'm, to I'm sure i'm sure that is exactly like yeah. how do we and get he, him out of this in yeah. a way where he also gets to die and be reborn yeah 
Although at the very end, when they're back on this magical farm in, in the ninth part of New Jersey, you know, the rest of New Jersey, mm-hmm. and he, they've adopted Oleg mm-hmm. and all this shit, and they're like, let's go to the hockey game. Like, no, you can't go to the hockey game, dog. Like, you're dead. <laughs> you can't go back there. <laughs> you, you can't. Don't, we know mind- you love the New Jersey hockey team. Um, Even though but- <laughs> you love the regional, probably double-A hockey team. Like, <laughs> Have you ever met anybody who's way into minor league sports? Oh my god. <laughs> no. They're really weird. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> it's like, sorry, sorry guys, you gotta become Rangers fans now and take the yeah, train to Manhattan. Like, Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> in, 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 in Toledo, we had a minor league team when I was there called the Storm, who were actually quite good, but like mm-hmm. all everybody I knew who was way into minor league hockey was really weird. <laughs> and they also like the fights because there's more fights in minor league hockey, especially uh-huh. back then. Yeah. And when I moved to Pittsburgh, like Pittsburgh, yo, if you like major league sports, you're in a good town. You got mm-hmm. the Pirates who are terrible, but hey, they're there. And the Penguins. And, and, the, and Penguins. And, and, oh my God, this is great. Like, this sounds the like a Steel- video game. <laughs> and the Steelers. And the Steelers. But like, there was also an Arena League football team there. People went to those games. And yeah. Arena League football, you probably don't know. Arena League football's played on half it like it's played in hockey arenas okay on 50 yards it's yeah. it, it, it's 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 fucking clown ball it's hilarious <laughs> clown and like ball. <laughs> and i went there and there are people there like wearing the arena league team shirts and i'm like dude we got the we, we have real football here and they're good <laughs> what are you <laughs> what are you doing sorry this minor league sports people i've always found a little a little a little off. I, I understand. <laughs> I like didn't even know that was a thing. I mean, I know that like people get really into college football, oh, which that people. always to me is like creepy. <laughs> like, but I don't yeah. know. I don't care. I don't give a shit about sports. So I, I since I since I moved to Japan, I, I've cared less and less. I did watch. I watched the World Series the the Indians. I'm sorry, that's that, that's what they're called then. Um, yeah. When the World Series, when when Cleveland was in the World Series, because I'm from Ohio and I went cry by law. But a, a broker who I worked with gave me Mets tickets, and we were like right above the third base, like we were like right there on the field. And I took an edible, and I had a horrible time. That's my <laughs> that's my story. <laughs> my, my my not to get too off topic. My worst sports. My worst. My 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 my. Really quick, because I'm because I'm in the I'm in I'm in that kind of mood. Yeah. My worst sports story was I went to the Super Bowl one year, and it was the year. Now you don't know anything about this, probably. It was the year that the Raiders played the Buccaneers, and I went as a Raiders fan. And trust uh-huh. me, that was a bad experience. They oh, got no. annihil- They got annihilated because the Buccaneers coach was the Raiders head coach the previous season, and they didn't change any of the plays. Oh no! So he knew yeah. everything they were going to do before every, yeah. they did. Uh, it's it was, like that scene in Bring It On when they wind up when they're at the tournament at the end, and then like <laughs> they do the same cheer routine. <laughs> so yeah, that's my that's my worst sporting experience, and my best sporting experience is when I went to a Lions game as a Browns fan. Mm-hmm. And a Lions fan. I, I, my brother was like 15. I'm like 11. And <laughs> the li- the Lions fans were trash talking us so much. The Browns won. Yeah. My brother, my brother, as a 15 year old, trash talked this dude back so much. He called me fat. He <laughs> oh, made no. the guy cry. Good. <laughs> and so that was that's my favorite family moment from sporting events. I'm sorry to go off topic. Uh, we'll say scared. <laughs> Running scared. Yes.
this movie, we said it bombed. It bombed. Yeah, yeah. Bombed. Mm-hmm. Like I remember critics just like shredded it. Like yeah, which I don't understand watching it. I'm like, like Critics shredded it, and this is one of those movies that, like, if I'm looking up a really, really old movie, I have to go to newspapers.com. <laughs> this is one that's from 06, so the Rotten Tomatoes page is still up. And, like, there are critics who like, this movie's bad, and if you know someone who likes it, they're bad, too. Yeah, which, like, yeah. that's, I, I sometimes I read stuff like that, and I'm like, the person who wrote this enjoyed themselves too much writing a bad review. Yeah, because I've I've been there, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, me too. I, I've I've written a lot of movie reviews, and sometimes I would get mean, and it was fun. Um, yeah. But now I I don't I've I've really grown out of that. Yeah. But you still see it, and you see it in in critics who should be more mature. Um, that they're just like enjoying shit talking something. Yeah. And, and I and think like, this movie got a lot of that because it was weird. It it was, it was weird, weird and unexpected, and um. And Paul Walker was not exactly a critical darling. Yeah, I think people like to make fun of him for being like this this absolute hunk who uh, did action movies. Like, yeah, yeah, but, like everything about it, like the critics hated it. Like Paul Walker, I mean, Wayne Kramer has a great quote. He says, "Excuse me." He says, "A lot of critics seem to be on side with running scared now, but but when it mattered, they were happy to shiv it in the ribs and leave it bleeding on the jailhouse floor." Woof. I mean. Yeah. Damn, son. Yeah. But like the critics didn't like it. The studio didn't like it. They didn't know how to market it mm-hmm. um, because they couldn't show any child endangerment in the trailers. Yeah. So that's yeah, the, the trailer. Plot. The trailer is weird. Yeah, it is really weird. And the trailer like gives you the majority of the movie mm-hmm. um, without, I guess, the child endangerment aspects. But like you the- basically see Paul Walker's entire arc in the trailer. Yeah, you see Paul Walker. You see the. I remember the trailer showed the opening shootout and the hockey rink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, and 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 like the hockey pucks, like hockey cam, hockey puck cam. Um, that's because they shoot hockey pucks at Paul Walker. Said, you know, in real life, he'd be dead. But anyway, oh um, yeah, that hit. Oh, totally. I, 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 they did do a good job with him, just like in a puddle of blood on the ice, though. After he got oh, hit by God. the puck a few times, yeah, like, but his. He was just like sputtering it. Yeah. He has brain damage from that. But oh, no, yeah. this movie this movie came out. It cost it cost fifteen million dollars to make. Not a lot of money. But it only made six million. And it opened in ninth place when it came out. That is Ravenous made more money than this movie. Wow. And Ravenous. I think, no one liked Ravenous. I think, I, I, I mean think, Ravenous I is a it's goddamn close. masterpiece. Like I did an episode on Ravenous. Um, I should go and listen to that episode because like everyone I should it's not get enough of that movie. Oh no, it made less than Ra- Ravenous made less than this. Okay. So, that's that makes okay. sense. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. But it, was, it, it it's 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 comparable. But they were probably it's, in the same yeah, like range. Yeah, same wheelhouse. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. Like, I love going to Box Office Mojo Jordan. It's like looking at the week to week. So, like, it opened February 24th, 06, outgrossed by Medea's Family Reunion. Eight Below came out the week before, not the same week, week before. Mm-hmm. That that terrible Pink Panther movie, <laughs> date movie, Curious, Curious George. Yeah. Something called Firewall. Fire is that an internet thriller? Is that like a hacker thriller? Because I'm gonna go watch it right now. I love that. Shield of Booth and Firewall. Shield of Booth and Firewall. That's a hacker movie. I'm sure of it. I think I've. I think I've. Oh no! Oh no! 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 That is the. 
That's the Harrison Ford movie. Oh Harrison yeah, I think I'm thinking of Eagle Eye now. I was thinking yeah, I was thinking of something else too, but I've I've never seen this movie. It looks bad. It's an internet movie, right? It has to be. Well, it's well, it's called Firewall. It's, what it's I'm about saying. a it's about a banker who's forced to steal money from a bank, probably using computers. Oh, um, Paul Bettany's in it. Done. Yeah. I'm watching this. This sounds great. <laughs> And then after that, this is our next was, episode, man. We're doing well, firewall. Well, you, you go, you go first, and you you report back. I'll let you me. know. Uh, we'll talk after recording. And then there was Final Destination three, uh, and it's in its third. I don't like those movies. Those I, movies, absolutely. Those movies disturb me. Oh my god, I love them so much. That's like all I want from. So I'm not like that into slasher movies. But like the final destination solves that problem for me, which is that every kill is like this elaborate Rube Goldberg machine instead of it being like, oh, big guy with knife can't put him down. And yeah, they're the and final destination three is the one where they're like, we're just going to distill this right into like huge set pieces with some a little bit of exposition in between. So final destination three is like a five out of five, in my opinion. I yeah. for, for me, slasher films don't scare me because yo, I am a big dude. Like mm-hmm. again, I'm like six and a half feet tall. And, oh um, damn. So yeah, I win. And um, <laughs> I can knock him over. <laughs> and I have chronic anxiety. So like watch like final destination two, that car, that car crash. Oh like, yeah. Cause all I, the stuff in final destination is like, you can kind of see it like especially in real that life car crash. especially oh. that car crash i, I so, don't like, drive behind cars that have like big logs or anything like, i used to have that to drive from pittsburgh and yeah, yeah. i used to, oh, have to drive pittsburgh they're just moving yeah um, and i had to drive like, from pittsburgh yeah. to toledo every month and so mm-hmm. like that was not good for me Oof. but then another movie that outgrossed it was something called Dougal. Dougal? computer animated film i've never heard of um Dougal? It's a lion. You, I know Dougal. I've 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 not seen it. You but know, I, you know do, do you know him personally? I met Dougal in my dreams. Um, <laughs> in the in the United, this movie has. Three it's not a lion. Voices. It's a dog. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But like now, I'm obsessed with Dougal. <laughs> hey, uh, the voice cast in the American version. <laughs> the voice cast has William H Macy, Chevy Chase, Whoopi Goldberg, Bill Hader, Jimmy Fallon, Kevin Smith, and Judy Dench. Man, and, movies are weird. And the and both the American and UK versions have Kylie Minogue and Ian McKellen. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but yeah, it bombed. After that, it wasn't even in top ten. It went the next week. It was in the sixteenth place. By the third week, it was only make. It was in forty first place and made one hundred and forty seven thousand dollars. Man, um, it was out of the top one hundred in six weeks. Out that, of and may, this makes me sad that I didn't because I know I saw Final Destination three in theaters so like now <laughs> I'm sad that like I didn't go out of my way to see this. I saw none of these of this top ten. The only one I saw was mm-hmm. Running Scared. So yeah, last laugh. Um, but it, out of the two hundred major major theatrical releases that came out that year, it was number one hundred and eighty eight. Woof, that's low. And that's even worse when you think about oh that 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 includes movies that came out like on December twenty fifth. Yeah, like yeah. It, it it some here are the movies that outgrossed. That outgrow that actually came out like the full run. Like it outgrossed Grandma's Boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for them. And uh, Basic Instinct two. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, but the rest of the movies that are outgrossed were like medium like it outgrows the world's fastest indian mm-hmm. you know which is a great movie 
and Scanner Darkly. But those are like low but those are like Oh, super I saw indie. Scanner Darkly in theaters. Yeah. Oh wow, you're the yeah. I'm but the that, one. That, it's just me. You're the one. Well, that played in two hundred some screens. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, running uh-huh. square, running scared opened in one thousand six hundred eleven screens. Yeah, man. And you know, damn, it's Trans America made more money, and that opened in six hundred screens. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, it just it had it dropped like a rock, but I think it found a cult following pretty quick after. Yeah, this was yeah. one where once it hit home video, people were just like, "Hey, that movie actually rules." Um, yeah. So I really do think it was the fact that people didn't see it that like because, you know, critics said horrible things about it. Nobody went and saw it. So nobody knew how good it was. Yeah, no one. And, and the distributor couldn't distribute it, didn't know how to distribute it. Mm-hmm. And like it's because it's, a movie can get critically savage to make money, you know, if the situation's right, like Congo. Yeah. <laughs> That's my go-to for that. <laughs> but like. It got critically savaged, had bad trailers, bad distribution, and opened against big uh, opened against some other moderately big movies. Like it's a worst case scenario. It yeah, yeah. No, but I feel like you know, unfortunately, after Paul Walker passed away, I do feel like a lot of people are like, "Yo, watch Running Scared" mm-hmm. if you want to see a good performance by Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. And I stand by that. I think it's his best movie that yeah. I've seen. You know? Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think of like, I mean, it's, it's certainly my favorite movie of his. Um, I do really like Joyride. I've never seen Joyride. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's yeah. like dumb fun. Um, okay, you can put it in the same category as like The Hitcher. Uh, well, well, I love The Hitcher. So. Yeah, yeah, that's why that's why I brought it up because I know you. Well, thank, love the well, thank you. Well, thank, thank you so much. Thank yeah. You so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd get a kick out of it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Running Scared definitely is my favorite. Paul Walker film. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it does make me wonder what he could have done outside of Fast and Furious. I know. And, it's so sad. And like, again, I love those movies. I'm not like mm-hmm. you. Like, yeah, I, I want to love them. I respect them. I like like it as a concept, but just I, I couldn't I couldn't get into it. Too long. I, too bro yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like in terms of his performances in those movies, like he's kind of overshadowed a lot. And mm-hmm. He's really good in the first one because he's, he's playing an idiot. Yeah. And the second one's terrible, but it's not his fault. He's not in the third one. The fourth one's kind of whatever. And I feel like they don't really know what to do with his character until the sixth one. And I think that was the last one he was in. Yeah, yeah. And which is the same because I feel like once The Rock came in, that kind of, you know, it's The Rock. You mm-hmm. know? And you have two mountains of muscle and Paul Walker. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And ludicrous, and ludicrous, you know. So like, I don't, how do you? God, who's in the new done... one? Who's in the new one? Who like when they showed John up? Cena. It's John Cena. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet because I didn't want to go to a theater, you know, yeah. for obvious reasons. And but is, like, isn't Statham in him now? He was in a few of them, and his kid. He looks so small compared to the other guys. I mean, also like, I mean, let's be real. I watch Jason Statham do anything. Yeah, like, me too. I, I love mean, Jason Statham. God, <laughs> I love him so much. I, I, I sound like such a pathetic little bitch but i'm usually not the i'm usually not the i'll watch this movie because the pretty boy's in it like that's usually not me oh i'm that and i'm 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 happy about it i'm proud of i'm proud of i'm usually (laughs) i'm usually that's usually not my type but like paul walker jason statham jason statham and jason statham like i will girl um it's right up there with like early to like early 90s um mid mid 90s Ewan mcgregor Um, yes absolutely I, 
I own a copy of Velvet Goldmine that unfortunately isn't from Japan and it was censored and I was so angry. <gasps> oh, um, no. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love that. I, I love that film. Um, we'll talk later. So anyway, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Talk about uh, that soundtrack. Oh, God. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal's mine. He's the guy who's like, if he's in anything, really? I will watch it just to look at him. Yeah, he looks like a puppy. I can't. Can't stand it. <laughs> anyway, um, are there any movies like this movie? Yes, actually. Okay, go ahead. What? So there was a film that came out in 2015, um, super, super low budget, um, made in Baltimore called Pigpen by a, a <laughs> okay. director named Jason Koch. Um, it, he's made a, a couple other things, but like, I, I don't think any of it's available except for this film. And the reason it's available is because he self-distributed it. Like he made okay. Blu-rays, he sold them himself. Um, you can, you can find it. It's on Amazon. Um, so you could rent it for a few dollars. Okay. It is definitely darker than oh, running no. scared because I mean, he really is a, is a horror filmmaker who's doing mm-hmm. something that's sort of set in the same kind of urban, um, environment, but like that exact tone of being this sort of like very dark urban, almost fantasy esque story, like it, it rewatching it, um, uh, this week, I, I was really thinking of Pigpen. Um, okay. which, yeah, almost no one has seen it. So like, if, if you like really fucked up, you know, dark movies, like I highly recommend checking it out. I, I think, I think it showed a lot of talent and it's sort of a bummer that he hasn't like done anything since then that, that like really, you know, uh, broke out or like elevated him. Um, but yeah, yeah check I'll, out, check out Pigpen. Yeah. I was thinking of not so much the dark, fucked up aspect just mm-hmm. kind of like thematically yeah and I, I feel like eastern promises is a little bit similar like it's more serious oh i can totally see that yeah and history of violence because yeah. um the, the, they're a little more cerebral and not as but they they kind of cover kind of like yeah same writer on those themes. two also um which one the same same writer for the for both of those movies like oh, yeah, well, so, i mean same sense. writer yeah. director but like i yeah, feel yeah. like the structure is what's similar to running scared. And, and yeah. it's, it's that writer. I wish I could remember his name. Um, yeah. And there's a movie that I've only seen, like not all of because I was watching it with my stepdad and it's all mm-hmm. his own story, but um, called debt collectors. Okay. Um, have, have you heard of Jesse, Jesse Johnson, the director, Jesse Johnson? Um, yes. He does mostly like big action movies. Yeah. Um, no, I, I know like, low budget, mm-hmm. big action, like triple threat debt collector, accident man, the mercenary and all of his movies have this dude named uh scott atkins in them big scott atkins fan yes i know exactly yeah the yeah i know these films it's so they're dumber than shit yeah (laughs) i mean most scott atkins films are yeah they're dumber than shit but that collectors when i saw that's a sequel actually apparently i had i had not seen the first one oh how interesting and I don't know what it was about. I could barely watch it because of stuff was happening, but the violence was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it, it was very stylish on a much lower budget. But Ooh, I, I want to watch you, this. If you're down for some, you know, hot men and stylish violence, <laughs> stylish violence, it's a hard th- phrase for me to say with a speech <laughs> impediment, um, then yeah, that could be good. But I think running scared is kind of in a league of its own. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But uh, any any other little factoids or things you want to talk about this movie? We we good no, here. I, I feel like we did a great job. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud I'm, of I'm, us. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm always part of me. I'm, I'm on it. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, let's wrap up there. Madeline, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. Letterboxd. Uh, the, the handle is DVD box set. I hate you for that um, one. It's a good. One. I, yeah. I've had it a long time. Yeah, I, th- that it was my time. that was my my AIM screen name. Like back in the AOL days, I was DVD box set. So I've I grabbed that handle on like every like social media platform that that pops up. Um, so I'm pretty easy to find DVD box set. And All right, you got look up the unnamed footage festival. We are a found footage horror film festival based out of San Francisco. Um, I mean, it's not all horror, but it's all like stylistically found footage, um, or like fake documentary, but, but yeah, we, we do some really cool stuff. Um, so yeah, check us out. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at lost turntable and on my website, lost and all that stuff. Uh, occasionally on, um, other podcasts like Alexander's Ragtime Band, a podcast about progressive rock music that everybody loves. <sighs> Anyway, that's been another episode of Cinema Oblivia. I'll see you again next week for another one. Take care. Yeah, run and escape. Walk.